and welcome to the podcast today. Patrick Harvey will be by shortly. First, a couple of things to get to. Uh, one of which is there's a social media phrase. Maybe Taylor Swift started it. That I always say people have to stop using. Um, a pretty high profile athlete gave a really good example yesterday or a day or two days ago um, as to illustrate as to why it needs to stop being used. I, I've given you the phrase before. I've described it, but this person, it will be more personal and you'll see and hear why. Um, their imagery should be more powerful to make this stop being said just about everywhere. Um, let's start with, there's a story on 13 ABC by, uh, about Oak Openings. I'll read just a, a short um, part of it. For most people, seeing tree houses brings a sweet sense of nostalgia. Yet, what if you could relive those childhood memories and not venture too far from home? Oak Openings Metro Park is adding a new overnight treehouse to its collection of night rentals. Uh, each treehouse pays tribute to different outdoor activities such as horseback riding, bird watching, hiking, and bike riding. Blah, blah, blah. MetroParksToledo.com. So maybe there is a new overnight treehouse there, but the rest of that is not new to you. No? That's what I thought. I don't mean to be <laughs> derisive, but they are very young. You know if you listen to this podcast, um, legacy media, radio included, uh, has real challenges. Real challenges. Um, it doesn't pay a lot. There can be a lot of work. Um, and it can run a lot of people out because it's not what they signed up for, not what they're expecting um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, a lot of people have left the blade in the last couple of years. A lot of people have left our local news channels, um, 13 WTOL. And I've even had some friends not that long ago leave 24. Uh, it's a tough really around-the-clock business um, that is often understaffed as a legacy media place. There's a, a lot of debt, and there's a lot less revenue coming in than there used to be, so it can be very, very challenging. And I don't begrudge anybody that leaves because it's different than what they thought they were getting into. A lot of people have left in the last couple of years from the Blade, but also the other places as well. Uh, some have left for those reasons. It was just different from what they thought they were getting into. Uh, they wanted to have a better work-life balance, and I will never begrudge anybody for that. I will tell you when you get into media, it always goes. Like, news is always happening. It's, I understood that in my line of work. Like, it's not a 40-hour work week. Maybe some weeks it's 30. Maybe other weeks it's, 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 it's 52 because I'm working Saturday at an event or Jeep Fest all day. Um... It's similar with other parts of the media. Um, and I just hope people will work or a place where they were appreciated and they get some some fringe benefits and perks, some spiffs um, when they can't be compensated through their through their paycheck. Some people have left those places because they have found better jobs, uh, in their opinion. Uh, a lot of people who get into it want to work in bigger places. I will not begrudge anybody for that. I was never one. When I left Philadelphia, I got to Detroit. And maybe because I started in big markets, I didn't have to start in this tiny, in a tiny place and go, I want to get to New York, Chicago, L.A. That's a dream for most people because they're the biggest places. I never wanted to work. Those were, it was never my dream to work in New York or L.A., um, I wanted to go be home, Philadelphia. Uh, Detroit became a home. This is now my home, and this is certainly not Detroit, Chicago, L.A., or Philadelphia when it comes to size. But because of its size, or lack thereof, I have the ability to be in contact with more people. And that's not to boost my ego. It's so that I can have more of an impact, hopefully a positive one, on people's lives. Um, I'll use Amy Steigerwald as an example. Amy is so talented, so sensational. Amy was at WTOL for a bunch doing morning reporting. She left for um, a station in Columbus, I believe a very good station in Columbus. That's not an uncommon thing where we have people in this market and they, they pop to Columbus. Um, uh, our, my friend Emma and her lovely dog, Sadie. Uh, a, a, Emma wanted to, to leave here. Toledo being a bigger place, she popped over to Cleveland and took Sadie with her. 
the little cute dog, little brindle dog with the pointy ears that I have a crush on. Um, so that's why people leave. It, it, it's a lot of work and it's not a lot of pay and they, they, they can't manage that or they go to a bigger and better market in their opinion. And that's totally fine. But when you get replacements and these people, look, we're all getting older. Uh, nobody ever stops getting older. I've yet to meet a person who is not aged. Um, but the people that are being hired are at the at the news organizations are very young, very raw. And I bring up the Oak opening story, and there is, I guess, a new nugget in there about the a new overnight spot. But the rest is something that we knew. That's the second, maybe third or fourth, at least the second. And I don't have the initial example, but now this is the second one. I wanted to just bring it up. Um, and this goes to why you struggle to believe the news or the media or whatever like that. Um, and I'm not saying that you should believe that at all, but I'll point this out. And maybe it's also because I've been here 10 years now and I know I know a lot. There are things that I am intimately involved with, whether it's just a route to someplace or a store that I didn't know about three years into living here, even though I had the fortune of learning the city really fast. It's wild to see some of these young reporters come in from wherever they're coming from. And I'm not saying they're doing a bad job at all, but they're doing stories that have already been done. We already know about Oak Openings and the great tree houses there. Again, maybe there's a, maybe Matt Killam and, and the crew at Metro Park said, hey, they sent out a press release because there's a new spot and the reporter talked about it, but also mentioned all the other things. That again, we already know. And that falls on the leader of the newsroom. Um, the editor, whoever it might be, saying, hey, we've done this story before and people know a great deal about it, so I want you to focus on this one part of it. I wish I had the first example that made me want to point this out because it was like, I, I, I know, I know this. So, but this is also part of the... Mm, Part of the downside in being in a market like what I've described, um, it's people are constantly changing and moving on to other jobs. So stories will get repeated sometimes. And I'm not saying this is a chronic issue, but it's just something that I have thought of. Again, I know the area really well now. I read the news, all of our news every single day, and not everybody knows about Oak Openings or these other popular things. I get it. But that's where an editor has to pop in and, and, and direct someone. But with an editor or whoever's in charge of a newsroom, a news director... Um, they are beholden to the same things in this market as the people they direct. They come and go as well because we're kind of a transitional market. Um, as I record right now, the UT men look like they're going to finish this off. They're up 87-70 over Miami with 241 left in the game. That is with, uh, I mean, it is quite a basketball season for UT. That's why, I'll come back to that. Um, Trisha Collip. MAC Women's Coach of the Year. Uh, Kanisha Lockett, Women's Player of the Year in the MAC. Ray J. Dennis, Player of the Year in the MAC for the men. Todd Kowalczyk, Coach of the Year in the MAC for the men. That is that is a quartet um, of something. They both won the league, the MAC, in the regular season. Um, they both, because it's the MAC, they don't get at large bids. Toledo would probably have to go undefeated or have one loss against a really good team to get an at-large bid into the big tournament. It's been four decades. I think my entire life since they've been in, I don't know when the women have last been in. I think they won in NIT, which is the secondary tournament, which is not a bad thing at all. Um, you might almost rather win that than get blown out in the first round of the big tournament. Um, since I've been here, the women have had a bit more success. Um, but they almost lost yesterday. They needed overtime to beat a pretty lousy Buffalo team. Toledo is much better than them. Um, at this level, here in Toledo, it's not about championships. It's not about national championships or anything like that. There's different pressures here than at uh, the schools that you often hear bandied about. Duke and Kansas and Kentucky. Like If you don't win all the time there and if you're not getting deep into the tournament championships, you're gone. It's different here. It's it really is more about the student athlete experience and molding um, kids into young adults who can be phenomenal adults and great pillars of whatever community they choose to live in. And Trisha Culp and Todd Kowalczyk are doing seemingly a wonderful job at that. Although, and and there's no reason like there were whispers about Jason Candle's job, um, but they finished the season really strong, went in the MAC, went in the bowl, blah blah blah. I think he got an extension. He's sticking around. Um, it would be. 
really disappointing if uh, if the women don't get to the MAC final where they could play BG. And I guess BG played them tough twice this year. It would be really disappointing. It'd be really disappointing if both teams didn't get to the final. I mean, let alone both or one make it to the big tournament. Neither of them are going to get fired. Neither of them will be um, excoriated for their relative failings and you know an inability to get to the tournament for years and years now because they're, they're they're making great human beings and that's what's paramount but man it would be really nice if they could just get to the tournament and it would be phenomenal if they could both get in at the same year let me give you that phrase i want you to stop using um not you uh, i i associate it most closely to taylor swift four or five six years ago where somebody was coming for her somebody said something wrong and she said drag them First of all, sending your followers on somebody is is, is pretty... Uh, when you have all her followers and um, clout online, like you can run somebody off the internet forever and ruin their personal lives o- offline. Um, that's a bad play. You've got to be bigger than that. But she said something, and others do this, drag them. When somebody says that something you or others don't like on the internet, whether it's appropriate, wrong, whatever it is, dra- I hate drag them. I hate... I drag them. You want to say cancel them? Fine. Drag them. And I've told you before what that evokes to me. But my words aren't as impactful as that of a black man. Michael Irvin, uh, pretty sure he's a Hall of Famer, um, a legendary star receiver for the Dallas Cowboys all over NFL media. Um, really outgoing, thoughtful, good-looking guy. Even though he was a cowboy and I'm an e- I was an Eagle fan growing up, always respected the hell out of him and Troy Aikman and even... Emmett Smith. So someone accused him, I think it was a Super Bowl event or some large NFL event, and there was an accusation thrown his way. Um, they ha- He and his team have refuted it. They held a small press conference yesterday. Let me read you his words as to why it's more impactful when he says, drag them has to stop. And he didn't even say that. Uh, bu- 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 so again, there's the accusation. Very little evidence to back it up. I've, I guess there's a video out there, but that his people have not seen. But it seems like the allegations are questionable. This sickens me. This sickens me um, because in this great country, it takes me back to a time where a white woman would accuse a black man of something, and they would take a bunch of guys that were above the law, run in a barn, put a rope around his foot, and drag him through the mud and hang him by a tree. I'm not going to read that again. Um, a thoughtful, eloquent, intelligent, well-known black man said that no one should ever say drag them ever again because of the disgusting, hateful, murderous things that it evokes that every day, my best friend Alex, other people that I know, still encounter. They still encounter those thoughts. They are still rampant throughout this country. And every ten years or so, every ten years or so, we read a story where some where that something like that happens to someone of color. Stop it! One last thing before we bring in Patrick. Um, I was listening to I was listening to a, I shouldn't. There's two things. There's two things I always I, I thought of. Well, I always wanted to name a podcast recorded conversations because that's what these are. Um, I could also one of my favorite radio hosts. Always says, and I say that a lot of things often as well. We all have this crutch. When you talk a lot, you say the same words over and over again. He always says, it should be noted. I always think he should have a podcast called It Should Be Noted. Um, my uh, One of my other podcasts should be called, I heard on a podcast, and the same one that I always reference, they were talking about meditation. And you know, I told you, I struggle. I cannot meditate. I cannot reach that point of peace and relief and enlightenment. So I just gave it up. Now I try to be mindful in certain activities, mindful of thoughts, sounds, what I see, what I feel, what I smell, all that stuff. And that gives me a a little bit. The breathing techniques haven't really ever worked for me. But when I was listening to this podcast, the guest was, the, the guest and the host were describing meditation. And as with so many things in my life, in your life, in anybody's life, like I'm holding my hands up kind of like I would in paper football um, to make the bottom of a square. If you just shift them a little bit, you see things in an entirely different way. 
And the guest said, and I'll put it guess in some of my own words or how I interpret it. Meditation isn't when you've been sitting there for 20 minutes and all your problems go away and you feel enlightened. Again, I'm interpreting this. This is how I think I could give meditation a shot again. He said, you grow when you don't scratch that itch. When your back starts to hurt and you don't get up. When something maybe catches your attention and you just let it go. And I've heard that you know, Buddhism and mindfulness, it's because there will always be suffering. It's enduring that suffering. And then applying that on a very microscopic level to, yeah, there's been times where I've tried to meditate and my mind has gotten away from me. They call it monkey mind, or I've had a an itch that I wanted to scratch, and I probably did. But if I ever try it again, now I'll know. It's those little things that probably helps you on the path to where you want to be with something mindful or meditative. In fact, I haven't tried to meditate since I've done this, but I have tried to not reach for my phone or not pet the dog or something that I would just instinctively not change the channel on the radio. Um, It is not as... Solitary is sitting there on a pillow, which can be very uncomfortable, but it's, it's little, it's these, it's these microscopic baby steps, um, single cell organism steps that I can take towards maybe getting someplace I've always wanted to be. I am glad he's decided to be here. Let's talk to a guy running for council and also running a really good neighborhood watch program, Patrick Harvey. Let me say hello again and uh, thank you for getting on my radar and seeing me in the back of your room. It's Patrick Harvey who's here to talk safe neighborhoods but so, uh, some other things as well. Good morning, good afternoon. Good morning and good afternoon to you, Eric, and everybody that's listening. I didn't know that you you had seen me or knew who the heck I was in the back of your community meeting a couple weeks ago at that church. Yeah. Um, your message took me by surprise. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I see all the work that you do with uh, mental awareness and things like that, and I worked at the UTMC, and we were big on the NAMI walk yeah. and things like that, so I recognized you from that, and I was kind of surprised to see you there, and um, it just shows the commitment that you have for the community other than mental awareness. Yeah, and the, where that was, let's talk about that briefly. These were the uh, city awareness meetings. What were we calling them? Those are the quality of life meetings That's right. for the city that the Toledo police do. Yeah, and na- uh, neighborhoods, community members got to come out, ask questions. You may have heard the one at LaGrange was a little testy, but ours was pretty tame and uh, lighthearted, and I thought it was pretty successful. I had to bolt out of there. What was your thoughts on it? My, my thought was people really were interested interested in hearing what Toledo police did during their um, their roundup we could call it and to talk about the different entities that can come together to work together um, whether that be block watch or neighborhood organizations like mine um, or engage Toledo and all those coming together to work together make the quality of life for the citizens. A lot of the citizens do pay attention to what's going on in their neighborhoods, um, whether it's crime, whether it's speed, um, speeding, whether it's potholes, you name it. Um, citizens are concerned, and that brought everybody to the table at one place. Yeah, I thought it was productive and, and helpful, certainly informative to me, because I ha- I'm pretty familiar with... Uh, with Director Bird and the the Save to Save Our City initiative mm-hmm. and Engage Toledo, I talk to to Jenny all the time. I try to push that thing out there all the time. I'm like, if you have a complaint about anything, I wanted a uh, please pick up your dog poop sign. I'm like, Jenny, can you get this done? They're great. I didn't know who you were or mm-hmm. what you were doing, and I was um, excited to hear all about it. So let's talk about this block watch. It's probably what 300 yards over our shoulders. Yeah, we're the organization that I run, which is a neighborhood watch program. We have no uh, ties with Blockwatch. We're our own separate entity. Um, we go from Detroit Avenue down Glendale all the way to Cass Road and then back Heather Downs um, all the way to Glansman up to the Beverly neighborhood. Um, we are one of the second largest neighborhood watches in the city of Toledo. Um, we have a Facebook page and things like that. We have our we have regular meetings with the neighborhoods. Um, the one thing that I did talk about during this meeting was technology. 
Um, you know, the day of going door to door or making phone calls to people is pretty much gone. Um, in a matter of 30 seconds, I can reach over a uh, little over 2,000 people and, you know, giving people heads up that, you know, tires were stolen off of a truck. We had that a couple of nights ago. Um, so it, it's that type of stuff that we have to work together. But we also share the city message and other uh, organization messages out there that produce quality of life for people. Um, like you said, Engage Toledo, potholes, uh, streetlights, you know, all those things. You have a complaint, file it with Engage Toledo. Sooner or later, everybody will get picked up, it will get picked up on the radar. How old is the block watch and how did it come together? So <clears throat> that came... Um, before I moved into the neighborhood, it was going, and then I moved into the neighborhood about seven and a half years ago. We had a little bit of a crime spike. We didn't have anything that was going on, um, any meetings or anything like that. So I actually started it back up. And from there, we've just grown it. Um, and we've picked up more areas to the uh, west of us um, because I actually started with the Glendale Heather Downs neighborhood. And now we've picked up cross gates and um, all the way down to Glen Ellen. And it, it's just grown um, and it's continuing to grow. More people are interested. Um, you know, we bring in speakers, for instance, into our meetings to give uh, citizens the knowledge of what organizations are out there. Like this Monday um, at seven o'clock at Heather Downs Library. We are going to actually have the area office on aging come in and talk about what opportunities they can provide to some of the citizens um, that are of the senior citizen age. But we all have senior citizens in our families, so it's open to everybody, and that way you know that there's other organizations out there that can help. Um, I feel like we're the piece of the puzzle to bring everybody together. Um, so we've started that seven years ago and we've been going strong. We took off two and a half years for COVID, which most organizations did. Um, but we're back and strong as much as possible. I've heard about some neighborhood Facebook pages, street Facebook pages, a lot of drama, a lot yep. of drama. So yep. what, like I, I saw this, I heard that, and I have stayed far and far and far away from them. How do you keep that from happening on your page? So we monitor it. We monitor it very closely. Um, uh, the... If somebody wants to post, they actually have to email us what they want to post. Got it. So that we Love can, that. So that we can gauge it. Um, matter of fact, uh, you can go on to the Facebook page right now and look. We actually had somebody that emailed us about that their tires were stolen, that they did file a police report. They wanted to know if anybody had a ring camera or security cameras. They emailed us, said, hey, we appreciate what you're doing, and we posted it. And people are seeing it. It also does it does more than just say that there's cameras out that people that they're looking for cameras, but it also brings awareness that an issue happened in their neighborhood. Um, so that's a major piece of the puzzle. Um, it also allows us to broadcast that we do have issues going on in the neighborhood and people need to be aware of is there a moderation of comments there is um we have it on the strongest setting so <laughs> Good. Uh, um so you can't really cuss out Good. anybody and we did have some that were um moderated through facebook uh and but we we check all the posts pretty much daily um we remove the bots we did have a couple of bots in there so we removed those so i mean we do have a capability of watching everybody um it's an open it's an open facebook page it's not a public it's not a private group so anybody from you know mommy for instance could join um because we back up to mommy um and we kind of do watch that mommy area up towards our line to make sure that nothing's spilling over into our neighborhoods and people might be working in your neighborhood they might live in mommy or perrysburg but they right. might work where you are obviously utmc is right there right got the kroger got the walmart a lot of businesses correct yeah so and that's the one thing that i can say that i'm really proud of our small businesses that we have are starting to get involved good and that allows us to reach out to the businesses on top of it. And, you know, and it also, we're looking at doing what we call a small business Saturdays where they're going to be able to post in the future um, what their specials are for things like that. So that we kind of bring that community level back to the neighborhood. Um, 
and try to help them drive business because that's what it's about. I wanted to have you on so that you could explain and others could hear um, like, hey, we shut down the Facebook page because everyone in this part of Sylvania or Perrysburg is losing their mind and it was too much drama. There are ways, as you just illustrated, to prohibit a lot of that behavior. The other thing I wanted to ask you was I was fascinated by this network of cameras and I don't know if it's just Ring or more, but I'll have you talk about that now. You have created a bit of a network and the police can tap into it. Now, I know there are some people probably hearing right now, well, the police are just going to come into my house and all kinds of weird nonsense, but they have to get permission. But explain why these cameras are so helpful and how they proliferate your area. So here's the thing. If everybody has a Ring camera, you have the opportunity through Toledo Police to have them, um, you can log your camera in and if a crime happens in the neighborhood they have to actually reach out to you and say hey can we go into your camera and look to see if there's anything between this time to allow us to see any movement on the street it helps it really does it really helps that portion and um it also they're looking at ring they're looking at the google cams and things like that all those they're trying to bring all up to um on board it's not just the sky cops that everybody sees the blue lights that they need um most of those um as you heard the uh, uh, interim chief say is kind of outdated and yeah. some of them are starting to go down um so if everybody works together by doing that and not everybody has them but if we all work together towards it we might be able to start solving some more crimes that way or at least, have you found that solving crimes can can be challenging? But have you found that in your neighborhood, what you've created, it, it it's a deterrent? Well, actually, so we actually had ring doorbells being stolen from our neighborhood. <laughs> Smart criminals. <laughs> yeah, they were they were coming up and ripping them right off in broad daylight and things like that. So we started to get, um, believe it or not, we started to get pictures of the people, and we uh, took care of it. Good. You know, we gave it to Toledo Police. Um, I, I can say that they might not get you right away, right? But they will end up getting you. Um, I'm fascinated by this by this web that you have. Um, did you see the Dark Knight? No, I did not. Okay, so uh, I'll make the short version. Uh, they have to catch the Joker, and uh, and Bruce Wayne turns everyone's cell phone into some kind of like like a visual sonar. Right. Uh, his his assistant was very displeased, violation of privacy, but they caught the bad guy. And that's what I thought of when I when I heard of all these ring cameras, because not everybody has to have them, but if somebody did something out front of somebody's house, but they don't have a camera, they can't see it, there's somebody else maybe down the street who does have a view. And I love this idea of this web. And if you take out the, the concerns about privacy, in fact, I talked to, to Jenny, I was like, you know what would be a great idea? If anybody in a neighborhood like yours wanted one, they could get one either for free or or discount yep. to encourage the use of them. Because as you said, it catches people. It, it does. And, and I think that that's an opportunity that we need to look at as a city to figure out if we can start giving vouchers out for discounts or coupons. Um, that way we can maybe start working together in some of these neighborhoods that we are having a spike in crime and that we continue to build that network. Um, and if we, like I said, if we all work together as neighbors and have this network, I think that it's a bigger opportunity because we can't put sky cops everywhere. Right. But we can put ring doorbells on almost every house if for a discounted cost um which is an opportunity for us to do and i think that the city needs to look at maybe doing a grant for that yeah all the it, you and i have both i'm sure you follow the news as closely as i do if i hear arpa one more time i'm gonna arpa all over my stomach right um I, there's got to be money in there correct and that's kind of what i'm thinking is the arpa money that would be a great opportunity to provide um an opportunity it's an opportunity for us to do a one-time cost and then you know the citizens would have to pay the uh, the the yearly fee for ring or whatever but there are some organizations i mean some cameras out there that don't cost you anything as a yearly subscription. And acting as the city or whoever the buyer might be, let's just say the city says, Dana, will you buy these, please? Yeah. I'm sure Dana can call up Ring or Google or whatever and get these things at like a, a massive discount. Right. I get the concerns about the cameras, but I think that they do far more good um, and deterrence than people's black helicopter fears. Correct, yeah. And the one thing that comes to mind is 
the fire department gives out free smoke detectors. Yeah. So why can't we add this to that list and continue to move the city forward and build this network so that we can all, you know, maybe get some crime solved? Not that Toledo Police isn't doing that. They are doing that. But we need to give them as many tools in the toolbox as possible. Yeah, they can't be everywhere all the time. Correct. Um, we'll, you talked about moving the city forward. We'll come back to that in the second half of our conversation. I hope people pay close attention to that to that wording because there's another part here. But I have another question. Yep. I'm sure we're both familiar with the many point plans that the former mayors and I appreciate their their energy and zeal. We all want a safer city, and I'm not saying that they're working against or being super critical of the current administration. Like, this is a really hard problem with, like, more spokes than that fan right there. And, and yep. not there's not a silver bullet. Um, they, one of the things they have harped on is block watches. When Cardi said something about when I was around, there was a million block watches. And I kept wondering, like, what... And I know uh, Mr. Mr. Bell said this well, like, they want funding. I haven't heard anything about funding coming out of your mouth. And one of the things that I hope people are getting from you is... This is not expensive. This is just people looking out for one another. So can you talk about maybe the funding aspect of what your group has? So the funny that's the funny thing, Eric. Everything that we do is free. Yeah. Um, so when the mayors, the former mayors talk about funding, I, I, it scratches my head. Money for what? Yeah. Like, what, what do you want money for? Uh, I'm doing this as a volunteer. Um, so and every program that I come up with or that we do, for instance, we I was at a conference and we got a text from the city that we were in, and we don't know how we got it. We, it's just something that they do. I, it must go off the pin locations of the ping, and we actually got a notice of about nine o'clock lockup, and we're like, "What is this?" Um, they picked an area after I followed up with it to do a nine o'clock lockup to lock your doors, make sure your garage doors down, turn your outside lights on, make sure all the valuables are out of the car. It's a social media program. It's free. So all those programs that I'm coming up with or bringing back from other areas are free. So I don't understand why they need monetary money for Blockwatch. Um, they don't have people going door to door um, unless they're going to put somebody in a position to be a, a czar of Blockwatch or whatever. Um, there's no money needed. So I'm sure the the police might even like buy you some Marcos at the church that, it, that you've been given for free for your monthly or weekly meetings. That's one of the things that really irked me about it, and that's why I'm glad you illustrated everything you have, uh, the minimal cost to do this. And you know, if you get a ring camera, you, there's obviously a cost there, but you can also see your Amazon packages when they show up, right? Yeah, you can actually put you can put a uh, actually. That's the neat thing about Ring. Ring actually has a package delivery zone, and it watches it. Um, Matter of fact, my parents have one. Um, a couple of my neighbors have it. And it says package delivered yeah. in this zone. And it just sits there and watches it. Um, you know, the other thing is that people could buy if they wanted to is there's a box out there that the Postal Service and UPS and FedEx can drop their packages in. There's opportunities out there that we can protect our stuff that we have. Yeah. Um, we just have to be um, thinking outside the box instead of this mentality of this old way worked. We have to start thinking outside the box and working together to make sure it happens. Um, what is um, what's the 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 bane of your neighborhood? Uh, you talk about wheels being stolen. What what do you guys worry? What, what's what's the, the so, theme of what you guys worry about? So right now we're seeing a. Uh, and it's pretty much all across the city is the Cadillac converters being, mm. being stolen. Um, we're starting to see a uptick in uh, car thefts again. Um, springtime, we start seeing those. Um, we had a very mild winter, so the crime still stayed up. Yeah. It, it kind of goes in spurts. Um, we see, you know, because my neighborhood in, um, picks up Kroger and it picks up Walmart, we get those thefts a lot. Um, those are probably some of the higher areas is the Walmart and the Kroger. Um, but we don't want those spilling over into the neighborhoods. Um, but we are getting the thefts of car, um, out of cars, parts off of cars. Um, that's pretty much our neighborhood right now, knock on wood. Um, we've been very vigilant towards everything. Our neighbor neighborhood people 
watch out for each other. They see something um, suspicious, they call it in. You know, that's the biggest thing that I can tell people is, you know, if you see something, say something. If you don't feel like that's right, call it in. Mm -hmm. Um, Call 911 and tell them, like, hey, I need an officer to come by, you know, check something out. They're more than willing to do that. They'd rather do the paperwork on the suspicious person than the break-in. Right. Uh, One of the things that I was hoping would be asked that night, because something that I see a lot, and it's not, it's not hyperbole. I'm not going to, and I want your your thoughts on this and and what you've heard. I'm not going to call the police because when I do, they don't come out for like half an hour. By that point, I'd rather just not call them. Yeah, so the city of Toledo, I don't know how many people know this, but is uh, statistically driven. So, so everything in life. Uh, yes, everything in life is pretty stati- uh, stat-driven. And if you want more police officers in your neighborhood and we're having crime issues, you have to report it to 911 or put the police report in and online. You can stay in your pajamas and put a police report in now um, online through the corp system, which that helps Toledo Police gear more officers towards your neighborhood. And it allows us to... Um, really drive home that they want to push the crime out, okay? So that being said, we need to, if you say, oh, hey, this happened, call it in. You you see something that's broken into, call it in. Don't be afraid to call it in. Like, oh, they're not going to show up. They're not going to do this. If somebody breaks into something, you don't have to have an officer come out anymore. You can file it in online. Um, a suspicious person? Yeah, you want to call that in. If they're super not busy, you're going to have officers showing up and pretty quick. And to your point, somebody might not come out, but you're now in the system and they might see, oh, things are starting to tick up here. So we will divert people over there. Correct. Yeah. So that's kind of how uh, Chief Carl started it. And um, Interim Chief uh, Trindle is doing the same thing right now. Um, And I think that that works quite well. Um, yeah, we'd like to all have more police officers on the street um, to help us get crime, you know, under control, whether it be gun violence or, but we all have to work together to make sure that um, our community is safe for everybody. Um, and that's where I think that big part of it is, it starts at the core of your neighborhood. Knowing who, who is in your neighborhood, it, if you see people that are coming into your neighborhood, driving super, super, super slow, and you see it multiple times, it's probably not a good thing. And there's no for sale signs. Correct. They're they're window shopping for what to take, not for the house to buy. Correct. Correct. You know, if somebody goes by your house five times within 15 (laughs) minutes, I'd be calling it in. Um, And I'd rather see somebody have err on the caution side than have a break-in. Sure. Um, I need a short version and then we'll extend it out. So give me the short version in about 90 seconds because you want to run. You are running for city council. Tell me about why and what you'd like to do. So the the quick and the quick version of this is that I want to take my um, basically everything I'm doing in the organization and spread it throughout the city. Um, I am running for district two, which is the south end uh, of Toledo, the, along the Maumee area. And, you know, we have a lot of great things happening here in District 2, and we need to be able to help everybody else. I think it starts here in District 2, and we just branch out. Um, and I I see a lot of things that we can improve on. And it's, min, it's m- small things that we can improve on to drive our city forward. Um, I'm a big proponent of our neighborhoods. Um, and quite frankly, I'm tired of hearing about downtown, everything going downtown. Yeah. Well, why not move it down in District 2? Why not move it into some of these other districts and move this city forward and make it about Toledo? It is coming to the old South End, which I'm very excited for. I am now we're in podcast period. Those way to end that, that part of the show. Um, I live downtown. I love to watch it. And I started to hear the, well, how come it's only downtown? And having been a a bunch of places now, this is usually how this happens. Um, As downtowns have eroded in the latter part of the 20th century, um, they got fixed up because they acted as as like hearts. And then usually they spoke out. 
Uh, it's spilling into the Vistula district right now, which I'm really excited about. Um, and it's also coming to the old South End, which I think has kind of the DNA that could be the next old West End. And I know you know how much people love the old West End and the, the diversity in that neighborhood and the festival and everything else. So it's creeping out. It's creeping out. It, it's creeping out, but it's not creeping out fast enough. What would you like? Like, what would you, what, as downtown has grown, what's some of the things that you've seen there you would like in your neighborhood? You know, everybody's complaining about streets being paved. You know, we we have to, if we don't have people that have quality of life areas in um, their neighborhoods, we can't entice businesses. We can't entice um, our education system to be better. We can't entice more um, small mom and pop places. You know, the one thing I can say is District 2 is going to have a $4 million facelift on Schneider Park. Looking forward to that. Well, this is what I'm going to throw at you, Eric. A soccer ball? No, not a soccer (laughs) ball. I I apologize. I don't have one in my pocket. (laughs) But if those people come into town for a soccer tournament, where are they going to stay? Yeah. Uh, This hotel, which my friend oversees. You mean the one that's closed? Yeah, they're going through some stuff right now. Yeah, they're going through some stuff. But also, what about restaurants? Right. What about all these other things that we can have economic... This could be an economic driver for District 2 and this area, if you really think about it. Um, Well, let me ask you this. Do you want that there? And then, I get it. At first, people might have to stay wherever they can find. In Maumee, right. downtown. Hey, I've heard great things about downtown. We'll just shuttle down the trail to this to this new soccer place. Um, would you rather have that and then the things that acts as the magnet and pulls things in? Because if you put other places there first without Snyder Park, they might not last. That That is very true. But I can tell you this. Soccer is a growing thing. If you look at Paysetter Park out in Sylvania yeah. and how many people show up to that that facility, this facility, when this is going to start breaking ground this spring, it's going to draw people. It will draw people. It's already drawn people. Um, they're parking on the grass for how many people that are showing up. Most of them are small kids and things like that. But when we put that $4 million into that park, we're going to be able to host soccer tournaments, bigger soccer tournaments than what we have now. So those people are going to be coming from all over the country, possibly, to stay. We need the hotel to reopen. We need mom-and-pop places for restaurants for them to uh, go to, you know, when in between games. We need the, the crime in Kroger and Walmart to be cleaned up. Yeah. So, I mean, there's multiple things that we have to do. Yes, putting the cart before the horse for the hotel to reopen. But let me put it this way to you, Eric. That hotel that we're talking about mm-hmm. next door, the University of Toledo could use mm-hmm. for people that are coming to visit family at the hospital. Or they used to use it a long time ago for visiting teams that come and play at the Toledo Rockets. Yeah. So we're also going to be hosting the Italian Bowl coming up. Looking forward to it. Right. So we're going to need all this economic money to be staying in Toledo. We shouldn't be putting it towards our suburbs. We should be keeping it here in Toledo so that we can drive our economics here in the city of Toledo. A lot of things have to be done. I don't disagree with anything that you're saying. And some people might dispute the steps, but we just don't know because there's so many variables. And personally speaking, having seen this in some other places, very very broadly, things are going in a really good direction. And and I had sympathy when I started to hear, and this is before I left downtown five years ago, from just outside of downtown. Well, what about me, who lives three lights away from, from downtown? I, I got it, because you want your things fixed, but I knew that it was going to come. And I know nobody wants to exercise patience, whether it's right. waiting for a police officer to come check on a break-in, or to have my streets fixed. But the squeaky wheel, I think, is the cliche. Yep. And I'm uh, hearing you talk about. Um, I'm hearing the gem of South Toledo and Schneider Park, and I saw the the renders of it. It looks beautiful, and I love everything that you're saying. Yep. Yeah. So that is one of our gems. Just one of our gems. What's another one? I would say, you know, the, and I always think of this around the Fourth of July, where we go over to the Wallbridge Park, you know, mm-hmm. for the Fourth of July, things like that. Walbridge Park is another gem for South Toledo. Yep. Um, even though it's not in my district, the Toledo Zoo is one of our, our gems. And we have to put our best foot forward for all of the citizens, not just our citizens, but the people that are coming in. We don't want them to see a dirty 
dirty city. We don't want them to see a crime-driven city or a crime-ridden city. We want them to think, well, you know, hey, I could live here. You know, that's going to entice businesses in the future. That's going to entice people to come here and live. Um, you know, it's not this day and age of people working five minutes away from work is pretty much gone. Um, you know, people commute every day to Ann Arbor to work. May I interrupt for just a moment? There are there is a um, population that's a little younger than us. Yes, they want to walk and bike places. You got it. You know, and that's and that's the that's the that's the neat thing. Um, you know, the I want to make sure that we can put the Chessie Circle Trail completely done. What's that? Chessie Circle Trail is the bike trail that we have that's going to tie in um, the health science campus to the main campus all the way up to the state line. Um, and it all goes already down to the Maumee River. Is that the one that's going to go along the trail? Uh, the, the railroad tracks. No, oh, I, was th- I was thinking of the trail reconstruction, that's which has of, a that's bike part of, that's, yeah. a, that's actually another leg of it. But if you look, um, Eric, if you look in some of these neighborhoods, like um, the one that I live in, the bike trail actually cuts through my neighborhood. Um, we love it because people are biking every day, you know, things like that. You can right now bike all the way up to uh, Arlington Avenue on a bike trail, basically, and then go all the way to the Maumee River. The goal is to move everything. It's an it's a five entity process with the Metro Parks, the City of Toledo, the University of Toledo. They're going to be able to tie in the University Bike Trail when that's done, um, and it's going to go up, you know, all the way up to the state line. It goes up by uh, Start High School, and so it's an endless opportunity for us to do that. Um, you'll be able to use scooters and things like that because it's all paved. Um, it's a process that is a slow process, but sure, it would help people to get places. Do you have a pie in the sky wish? Opal always wanted her amusement park, and I and I will contend. I hope she's okay. I haven't seen her in years. But I, either have I. But it's kind of I'm 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 sincerely worried that the woman is is okay or not okay. But it's funny. I keep saying we're good. We're going to get a reasonable facsimile with the Riverwalk and everything else of her amusement park. Yes. What would you like in South Toledo? You know, I'm going to tell you this right now, Eric. I think that we have a great thing going with what we have. We're more of a residential area. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see the Metro Parks continue the process that they're doing. Um, you know, the bridge off of Arlington and uh, Burn to yep. to get people into the into the Swine Creek Metro Park is awesome. I love it. I love the idea. I, I love the idea of us being able to be a community that people live, where children feel safe that they can play out in their front yards, where they can, mom, I'm going to the park, you know, things like that. Um, that's what I see as a vision for District 2. And we need to promote fixing up our parks as much as possible and getting people to be back towards the neighborhood type atmosphere where we have block parties and things like that um so i see us more as a residential area instead of a grand scheme of uh amusement park or something like that um i think that we should be able to have a big community party basically or community days for south toledo and things like you know that's my big wish that we have where we have food trucks and fireworks and things like that around the fourth of july like our neighborhood kind of does i'd like to see that grow a little bit more and show a little bit more community effort and um on that and bring those small mom and pop places into the table on that i'm i'm blinded when i come into work uh throughout the spring and summer by the fluorescent signs that say garage sale. Here's an idea. Because again, this is my neighborhood too. I live in a weird spot. Like I live in Southwest Toledo behind Fridays. Mm-hmm. So I'm in your district. Yep. But if I walk, if I, when I go to the gym, I'm in Springfield. Yep. When I go to Target, I'm in Holland. Yep. Like I'm global. Uh, get all those garage sales, like line them up, put them at the Southland Shopping Center and do like a major flea market day. There, there's actually, I, I have learned about stuff like that that communities do. Um, you know, and that's kind of what I'm thinking we can do, you know, start working on some of these smaller mom and pop places that can say, Hey, we're closing our parking lot down. We're going to do a garage sale day. Yeah. Um, it allows them to do a special for their food and things like that. If the, if it's a restaurant slash bar, 
um, but it allows people to get out and do things. But it's an, it's an effort that we need to look at and to kind of grow. Um, I actually got on to that uh, up in Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor does that with most of the um, churches. The churches do that. They rent tables to the people and they put them out in their parking lot. They don't have to do anything. They don't have people coming to their house. They don't have, right. they just set their tables up. They sell all their stuff and they make their own money, you know? So it's a community effort on that part, but it also will help an organization um, that possibly needs a little bit more money to spearhead that. And, uh, you know, as like you said, I'm running for city council. I would support that a wholeheartedly because that's what community is about. Yeah, working together. Um, let me ask you, I haven't heard much about it recently, but there was some contention from residents because it's, I'm sure you're familiar with NIMBYism. People did not want what was planning to be built at Southland Shopping Center. Uh, some residential places, um, I don't know if they were, I don't think that they were market rate, but they were going to be targeting people with incomes, I think like to, what, 15 to $25 an hour, which can work out anywhere between like 35 and 50 grand a yep. year. And the people in the neighborhood um, were were displeased. They're like, it's a shopping mall. I'm like, there's not really any places to shop there. So let's get creative. And these are just me, my thoughts. And I also do the math a little bit. I'm like, I know this neighborhood. Nobody's making that much more than the target people they would like to have live there. Your thoughts? My thought is this, Eric, I'll be honest with you. I Please. Could I could live there. Yeah. I could live there. <laughs> uh, three quarters of the people that work at UTMC could live there. Yeah. Um, if they're not a nurse or something like that. We're, t- we're talking about the blue collar workers, the secretaries, the custodial staff, the food it's service. It's this whole neighborhood. It's, it's the neighborhood that this is about. Um, so the, you know, and this is the way I look at it. We need to support people that do the blue collar jobs. And why shouldn't they have a quality of life uh, and a quality place to live? Yeah, they might not have, you know, they're not driving a Cadillac or something like that, like some people do. But they're working just as hard as for their money. In the places, somebody pointed this out to me, and I thought it was a brilliant point. The people that might live there are people that will probably work in your kid's school where Correct. you want them to be safe and well taken care of. Correct. You know, that could be the food service person at the school. That could be the, the custodian at the school. Um, so this really hits home. You know, we need to support those people because I'll be honest with you. When we were closed for COVID, those were the people that were keeping us yeah. open and keeping us moving on certain areas like at UTMC. So when they say that, it kind of resonates a little bit personal for me um, because not everybody that can't afford a place that's $90,000 and things like that is a bad person. Not at all. But that's what this neighborhood kind of pinpointed at. And I'm like, wait a minute, guys. These are people that are that have background checks that are working with elderly people and things like that. I don't think that they're going to be that bad of person to live there. They need a quality of life place to live also. But the other thing, Eric, that I think a lot of people don't realize is if we have med students that are coming to the University of Toledo and we want to tout our neighborhood, you know, that's what we're all about. Those people could live there. Yeah. So let's be honest. I mean, are we punishing other people because we just don't want it in our backyard? Um, but the one thing is, I will say, Southland is no longer in District 2. It's actually... It's in, not. Nope. The line has moved. So anything south of Glendale is actually um, District 2. Anything north of Glendale is District 1, which would be uh, the John Hobbs and Sean Strong Got it. Um, election portion. But still, we're talking streets here where... I mean, it's, it's part of communities. It is. Um, uh, on Southland, something I haven't heard, and uh, this is not even a necessary question, but I'm just curious. Um, is Ernest still going in there, or is he expanding everywhere else but that spot because of whatever trouble's happening there? I, I To be honest with you, I don't know what Ernest is doing, but yeah. I am noticing that he's going all these other places. Yeah, there's one I, coming I, to Central, I think. Yeah, there's going to be one up there off of Central and Secor, and... I'll be honest with you, Eric. I applaud Ernest for what they're doing. Yeah. That is a gem of South Toledo. If you want to talk about gems. Is that, he your district? He is my district. Good, good. He is my district. Um, 
so he is a gem of South Toledo, and uh, Scott and Keith, the owners of um, Ernest, are doing a great job, and I wish them the best of success because every time you go by there, it's packed. Yeah, and it's a great, friendly place. I can go pet dogs there. I yeah. get peanut butter beer. When I heard about the the vision to put it in the old Kroger spot, which has sat vacant for a long time, it's like this is that that anchor that you're hoping Schneider Park will be that will right. resuscitate everything else there. And this ties back to to the living situation there. When Ernest, when everything got quiet about it, going there, I'm like, it's not a shopping mall. It's a Planet Fitness mall with a couple of stores. So let's get creative with this these football fields worth of space. Correct. And, you know, that's kind of what, it, you know, that I think that uh, people have to realize. Once we take a green space and pave it, Nine times out of ten, it won't come back. Yeah. This is an opportunity for us to put something in with a green space. Um, yeah, people might smell hamburgers from McDonald's or Arby's or whatever. Um, but they deserve a quality place to live. And this is an opportunity for us to take a parking lot that's, let's be honest, full of seagulls. Yes. <laughs> and uh, put something in there where it livens the area back up. Yeah. So the other thing is that I don't think a lot of people know right now, and that if they're not paying attention, right now on the books for the city of Toledo, there's a car wash possibly going to go into Southland also. Um, we don't know what that looks like, but that's right now in front of the Planning Commission. It's on, the, it's on their radar. So we could have another car wash coming into the neighborhood. And people rage about the excessive car washes. Correct. But the question is that I have is in this part of Glendale, there's no car wash. Um, you have 5,000-some people right next door, basically, at UTMC that can run to get their car washed during lunch, you know, spend money at some of these other places like the restaurants and like Jamais and things like that, and uh, all within an hour. And you still have several football fields worth of land to do stuff with. You do. Some fun questions. What's your favorite restaurant in your neighborhood? My, well... My favorite restaurant is Glendale Garden Cafe, currently closed. But Reynolds is open later. Reynolds is open later. What's your go-to meal there? Uh, I would say the chef salad. I love the chef salad there. That's a great uh, place to be and have, you get to meet a lot of people. Did your, did you have, were you emotional when they moved up the block to the Ruby Tuesday spot from the uh, Detroit and Glendale spot? It was kind of, you know. I'm more of a change agent, and I saw that as an opportunity for them to grow their business. Um, and you know, I was I was asking the owner, why don't you turn this into a banquet place, you know, for catering and things like that, you know, like a party spot. Um, and that's a possibility. He still owns the building, so um, but you know, they are in a tough spot right now because of the fire that they did have. Um, but we have to support them, and I asked the citizens of Toledo to go over to the Reynolds Garden Cafe. Yeah, support them. Uh, the owner has been gracious enough to expand his hours, and um, so that no one loses money that is working that worked at Glendale Garden. Um, that's an awesome owner, and that's the type of people I like to work with as much as possible because that's giving back to the community, and he, that owner gets it. Um, do you do you drink coffee? I don't. Wow. I'm a Diet Coke fan. Where do you like to get your Diet Coke from, I guess? <laughs> well, that's down there at the BP, right there at uh, um, Heather Downs and uh, uh, Burn Road. Not to, I, I am making you pick favorites here in a way, and I glad you. I'm glad you're not being too evasive. Is there a is there a gem in your district or South Toledo that people overlook, they forget about, and they really shouldn't? Food, place to shop, anything. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Eric. We have a lot of great places. There we go. There's the politician. You're ready for council. <laughs> we have a lot of great places. And, you know, I'm not going to um, – I'm more of – I bought a um, a home here in South Toledo about eight years ago. And I'll be honest with you, I love the at-home store. I don't know if you've ever been there. Of course I have. Um, that's, that is one of my favorite places to go. It reminds me of Ikea. Um, I would love nothing better to be moving into Toledo like some of the people 
that go to Trader Joe's. I would love to have a Trader Joe's here in South Toledo. Um, welcome that with open arms. If you say you're going to get a Trader Joe's to South Toledo, the other guy won't get any votes. <laughs> and I'm a thousand percent serious. Um, that would be one of my things. <laughs> I, I would be. I would love to see a Trader Joe's come in because um, I think that's a great opportunity for our for District Two. But also, you know, I don't know how many other people are tired of this, but we have a college here, and. Why do we need to go to Ikea up in Canton? Why can't we have one in between Columbus and, and Canton? It's not that hard of a ride. It's, and, it's not. It's not. And, but we could have it. At home is a reasonable facsimile, although they, for the stuff, I mean, maybe I'm just picking out stuff that's more expensive than I would expect it to be. Yeah. But it, it you can spend a couple hours, and there are a friend of mine who works, she runs the Humane Society Thrift, thrift store. Yep. She calls it Resale Row yep. because you have at home, you have her new store, you've got Goodwill, you've got the Antique Mall, and then if you swoop down a little bit down Conant, you have the uh, the restore. rehab store from Habitat. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's the other place I like to shop, actually. Habitat? Yep, Habitat. Um, if you ever are fixing up your home, don't forget about them because they will actually help you save money. And they'll come pick up your stuff if you don't want it either. Yep. Really I, good. I love it. You know, uh, that's more about the community that we're talking about. Um so I think that's an opportunity. So, But like I said, we have a lot of gems here in South Toledo. Um, and I can't just pick out one, to be honest with you. And that's not me being a politician. Um, I love South Toledo. And I think that a lot of people can move here and f- be happy with the home that they're building. Yeah. Especially if you're a single person or a, um, just getting married or something like that and starting a family. This is a great neighborhood for that. Yep. I couldn't be happier. Now, granted, I am not in the neighborhood that you've talked so much about, but I am still in South Toledo, and I spend a third of my day here. Yep. Um, when I got to pop out of work for a couple of minutes, I'll go meander in the Walmart. Yep. When I'm coming up from, when I have an appointment downtown, and I'm coming down the trail, I go stop the Smoking Olive in your district. Uh, yes. I stop and go see Michelle at Smoking Olive, a delicious deli. So this is, that, and you know, that's that's the one place I haven't tried, but need to go. I'm trying, great. what I'm trying to do is, and Michelle, I promise you, we will be there. Um, I'm trying to get a group of people to come and visit you all for lunch one day. Um, you got to give her a heads up. I she's will. overwhelmed and short with employees. Well, you know, this is an opportunity for those uh, college kids that are coming back um, because I know that this podcast and things will reach further than just Toledo. Uh, go help Michelle out. She needs the help. We need to, uh, promote her as much as possible her and plate 21 down there you know yeah um we need these small mom and pop places to keep going and they're in just as much need as help as possible and i guarantee you those owners are going to work with you better than a corporate place would um so please help out the smaller businesses um as much as possible because we want michelle to thrive and we want plate 21 to thrive and um all I've heard about Michelle's food is it's awesome. It really is. And uh, some of those pictures about the sliders and stuff like that she she posts, I'm like, oh, man, I got to go in there. I keep telling her, um, sometimes because I like her so much, I won't have time to grab food, but I'll just go in and, and wave. And I was like, I keep telling her she needs to have name, uh, like a, names, like uh, like there's Raider Nation, Red Sox Nation. Yeah. She, I, I think she should call us the Olivettes yes. or something like that. Yeah. But she's too busy making sandwiches to come up with something creative like that. But she's great, and I love going to Plate 21 for coffee. Um, is there anything that we didn't get to that you want to talk about? No, I, I think, Eric, you know, um, the one thing that I will say is when people say that they don't have a voice on city council, I'm hoping that uh, they think of me and about the community work that I'm doing um, because you're not going to be able to have vote for me May 2nd. We don't have a primary. So you're going to have to wait until November. Yeah. Um, People are going to get really annoyed of you. We're trying not to annoy them. <laughs> we're I mean, in a good way. We're going to try not to annoy them. We're actually going to do a, a few fun events and things like that. Food truck nights. and Please things, let me know. Food truck nights and things like that. And we're going to try. Um, the one thing that I'm going to try to do, um, I've kind of told my campaign team that I want to do is work with the Dana or the Eleanor, I got to say it right because we'll get in trouble, the Eleanor and Dana Cancer Center. I want to do an old classic car show with a food truck night. Be great. Um, people would have to pay to get in, but we would make sure all the donations go to the cancer center to help do cancer research, whatever they need to do to help patients. Um, 
I give back more than I take. So that's kind of what we're looking at and doing. Um, I want, like I said, I want to throw one big party for South Toledo all the time. Let's do it. And uh, get food trucks out and make the city proud of what we're doing and make it be something that the others need to copy us on. For sure. And, and again, that's that's the key reason why I wanted you here. And we'll wrap up with this. Um, all the helpful information that I hope people will take into their own communities and neighborhoods, whether it's West Toledo or West Michigan, how can people get in touch with you to ask more questions? So you can reach me at patrick.harvey419 at gmail.com. That's my email. Or you can find us on the Facebook page. Um, we are the Glendale slash Heather Downs to Glansman Neighborhood Watch. Um, you can reach out through that. Um, my team and I will respond. I actually have another person that helps me with that. So, And we're all on the same page there. So um, you have a question, email me. Have a concern, email me. Um, we'll see if, what we can do. And, you know, I look forward to meeting a lot of you out in public. If you see me, just stop and say hi and um I know that we probably have some BG people out here in South Toledo. And just to let you guys know, I am a a student, or I was a student at UT. So I graduated from UT, and I also graduated from the Orange Brown School down the street. So, What do you do at UT? I am an executive assistant for a department. Okay. They won today. Thank God. I can't deal with one point in overtime wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they uh, we we have to uh, score a little bit more for UT, but I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if uh, we can get BG and UT for the Mac women's champ- women's for Mac championship. It would be great. I know BG's giving them a hard time this year, right? Yep. Um, I know neither of them, Kowalczyk and, and Culp. It's not Kentucky and Kansas. They don't lose jobs when they don't get tournaments, but. As they have gotten so close the last couple of years, I have been so disheartened when they have not lived up to their tournament expectations. Yeah. And there's really, I've seen everything in the city, mostly sports-wise that I want. I want, I want a parade mm-hmm. when the wall I finally break through yep. in the ECHL, and I want these two teams, at least one of them, to get to the big tournament. And it would be this city would be in a frenzy, like few other times if. Both of these teams got into the tournament next week. You know, and this this is what it reminds me of, Eric, is uh, if you remember quite a few years back when we went for the NIT. They won the NIT, right? Yeah. Ladies we, in like 13 or yeah, so? Yeah, 13. And this city rallied behind them. It was unbelievable. We packed Savage Arena. And the only reason we had it so much at Savage Arena was because of our attendance. Um. We had the highest attendance in the in the NIT, so we kept having the the games. You know, that's one thing I can say about our city is we are resilient no matter what we're thrown at, whether it be a sports team or an issue where we have a problem. We are a resilient uh, community, and we need to continue that. Awesome. Thanks so much. No problem, sir.